0: everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the nothing but locks podcast i'm your host ali malnicki accompanied by my favorite coworker, robert kowalski how are you doing today robert
1: ali doing just great i cannot believe all of these episodes and we have reached now the division playoffs uh boy oh boy has so much happened from the beginning of our preseason and looking at season win totals and all of that's now been booked and closed and you know, here we are with some uh, great matchups. I wish that they uh, kind of mixed up uh, Saturday and Sunday a little bit just for the viewing pleasure, but Hey, I'll take these, these four matchups anytime.
0: Well, I am glad about Saturday scheduling because depending how the Giants game goes Saturday night, I don't have to work the next day. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. That's going to affect a lot of whether I'm celebratory drinking or if I am depressing drinking. So Either way, if I want to be hungover Sunday morning, I can be. Not too hungover because I have an 11-month-old daughter that will want my every need starting at 5 a.m., but at least I'm glad that it is on Saturday. But anyway, Robert, it's interesting because if you look at the AFC, I don't think anyone would have been surprised if you said, well, the final four AFC teams are going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars would have been a little bit of a surprise. But when you look at the NFC, if someone were to say to you, yeah, the New York Giants are going to be one of the four remaining NFC teams. And let's add this. Three of the four remaining NFC teams are all going to be NFC East teams. Would you have believed them?
1: Never. Never. That's a great, great point. I love the start of this episode. Uh, Never would I have said that the Giants would be in the last four remaining, much less three of the four out of the NFC East, that is even more jarring. Uh, I was gonna say, like, what's the biggest surprise of all of the eight, uh, and I was gonna probably point at the Jacksonville Jaguars even more than the Giants, but uh, no, no, I, I probably you're right. Uh, the the NFC East having three of four is that's that is pretty pretty remarkable.
0: It's interesting, too, because I would have just guessed the final four. If you said who's going to be the final four NFC teams, definitely I would have said the Packers. I would have said the Rams. I probably would have said the Bucks. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the Niners, maybe the Eagles, although I wasn't too high on the Eagles. But this one is more shocking to me than than anything. So. It's, it's just a testament to the league how there is a lot of variety. It's not like baseball, for example, where you're always going to see the Astros, you're always going to see the Dodgers. In this case, at least for the NFC, the big guys didn't make it this year. So props to the NFL for having a nice variety of teams. But let's get right. straight to the games. So we start out Saturday with Jacksonville and Kansas City. Kansas City obviously was the number one seed. They had the bye. Jacksonville had that remarkable comeback against the Chargers last week. Robert, what's the odds here?
1: Allie, so this is one of those just concrete numbers that from the moment we opened it, it it's never changed. Kansas City, eight and a half and the total 53.
0: It's a lot of points, Robert. And I made the mistake last week of, of, taking a, of laying a lot of points with the Bills and the Bengals. I'm not going to make that mistake this week. I just think this is too many points for a Kansas City team that really hasn't blown too many opponents out. Sure, they blew out the Raiders with Jared Stidham as quarterback. But if you look at their schedule, Robert, they really they, they haven't covered they haven't been a covering machine as a team like the 49ers. The 49ers, I had no qualms laying nine and a half to Seattle last week because I knew that they were just a covering machine. Kansas City is not so the case. Jacksonville, while I I think it was a fluke, their comeback, I think it was more of a Chargers just epic collapse. I still will give Jacksonville credit that they have Doug Peterson, who's been to the Super Bowl before, who knows how to coach in the playoffs, who is gonna devise a, a game plan to get the most out of his team. I think Trevor Lawrence, while he still can has the possibility of choking him in big games, I think that second half really gave him really gave him momentum, really gave him some confidence. I don't, I'm not going to pick Jacksonville to pull off the upset. I don't think they do, but I think they, they are, they land somewhere within those eight and a half points. What about you?
1: So I am going to definitely go with Kansas city winning this game, but not covering what have they shown uh, as what, one of their most consistent traits this entire season. And not much has obviously changed between the division playoff game coming up on Saturday and the regular season. They've, they've, dealt with their injuries they really haven't had anything massive to deal with other than you know switching from uh Clyde Edwards hilaire uh to other options of running back so one thing that we know at home they're fantastic I mean they're fantastic everywhere right but they're really excel at home Kansas City seven and one straight up at home however one six and one against the spread at home they've scored on average about 25 points a game given up about 19. So with their performance and track record, I'm just going off of pure math. I definitely can understand them building up to this game. Same thing with Jacksonville. I If you would have told me that Jacksonville would have come back down from 27, nothing, uh, you know, in, in less than, well, you know, basically let's call it two and a half quarters. Never would have believed that. Never would have believed them being here. Right. So at this point with so much chaos happening in the NFL leading up to this weekend, I will take, although I wish it was nine, uh, I will take eight and a half points with the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Nine would have been ideal. It was one when I saw eight and a half, I really toyed with because I do like Kansas City a lot. I think that they are going to win this game, but there's always that chance for the back to recover I do think that maybe they come, might come out a little rusty. I, I know it's Patrick Mahomes. I know it's Andy Reid coming off a bye, and people love betting Andy Reid coming off a bye. But in this case, I just think that Jacksonville will somehow find a way to hang in there. And I also like the over on this one, Robert. The The Kansas City defense is not particularly well. I think for the Chiefs to win, they're going to have to put up definitely somewhere above 25 points. So as far as the total, I'm going to lean lean over. How about you?
1: Okay, so great. What I what I wanted to do was to share with you and, and the listeners. You know, when we come up with a line, I, I typically want to say, "What have we seen in the last three games? What have we seen in the last game? Any critical injuries that may have come out? Uh, you know, with." With the teams and in their performance, so nothing much has changed drastically. And what I like seeing is how do I come up with a good number for um, each team, right? And so if if I take a look at how I figure this game will play itself out, Kansas City, twenty seven, maybe twenty eight points, is is what I have them at. Jacksonville, probably twenty four. Uh, so you know, fifty three. Kind of a high-vaulted number. I, I think this game goes under for me. All
0: right. It is a very close one. I'm going to take the over because the over was huge last week. I, I'm i going to keep the trend going, so I'm going to go over here.
1: Excellent.
0: All right. Well, Robert and I are both in agreement. We like Jacksonville with the 8.5 points. Let's move on to the game we're going to spend most of this episode talking about because we're biased, and that is the New York Giants, fresh off their – First playoff win since they won the Super Bowl against Tom Brady in 2011. Robert, they're taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, who were the best team, I guess, record-wise in the NFC. I'll have have a few things to say about that, but they did stumble down the stretch. They lost two of their last three games. Yes, Gardner Minshew started both of those. They didn't look particularly well against the Giants' B squad in Week 18. I know Jalen Hurts wasn't 100%, but the Giants still covered here. What do we have for the odds entering the divisional round, Robert?
1: So Eagles, I opened seven, uh, and we moved it to seven and a half early, pretty much a day later. I had enough evidence to say it's, it's probably settling there, and it has. So Philadelphia Eagles, seven and a half, the total from 47 up to 48, and that's where we're at right now. So Eagles, seven and a half and 48.
0: To no surprise, if you watch any talking head shows, which I've kind of separated myself from in, in recent years, I I did want to hear what they had to say about the Giants that they were going to finally give him credit. They did not. Of course, it was the Eagles are going to blow him out. It's going to be like it was at the beginning or the end of November where it was 48-22 to 22 was the final. Robert, this is a different Giants team. If you look at that game against the Eagles, they were missing several big defensive guys, Leonard Williams included, I think the Giants are playing with more confidence than any team in the NFL right now. Daniel Jones has just blossomed into, into everything we want him to be. I think that after playing the Eagles twice, third time's a charm. We are going to go in to Philadelphia. It's going to be cold Saturday night, and I'm calling it right here. We're not only going to cover the spread, we're going to upset the Eagles. I love the Giants taking on the Eagles for the third time, and I couldn't have be happier. I would have been very upset if we had to take on the 49ers this week. I wanted the Eagles. I want to beat them, and I think we can beat them. I think Brian Dable and I think Wink Martindale are going to devise a game plan that they're going to stop Jalen Hurts. They're going to make him throw. They're going to take away what what is his best strength, and that's his running game. I don't know if they're going to put maybe a safety on him to, to blitz or follow him when usual. I don't know if they're going to try zone out. But whatever it is, whatever they think is going to work, I think the defense is going to be ready. It's going to be the third time they've seen Jalen Hurts all year. This is, yes, it's going to be the second time that the Philadelphia Eagles has seen Daniel Jones this year. But this is a different Daniel Jones. This is a more confident Daniel Jones. This is Daniel Jones now that the team has no problem with him on first and 10 throwing 15 yards downfield. I love the Giants right here. Tell me I'm wrong.
1: You are uh, not wrong. All right, (laughs) and and you're not. And if you're not, if you if you're not looking at the numbers, you're just not listening to our show. This is exactly what it plays itself out, just as you said it. So on the season, the Giants are fourteen and four against the spread. Their average for and average against is almost literally within percentile points of each other. So you know that they can score. You know they can keep, they can keep the ball in control, averaging over 147 rushing yards a game. Uh, so, and what's most important is that the Giants have done very well protecting the ball, keeping the turnovers down to a minimum. Ali, at their record away is seven and one against the spread. They've covered their last five in a row. The Eagles have actually not covered. They're 0-4 in their last four against the spread. So, just from a point spread perspective, I I have to lean the New York Giants. Uh, I also just checked their roster, by the way, and uh, I did notice that the Eagles do not have Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and for that reason, also, I like the Giants.
0: <laughs> no, um, don't remind me of that.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, he's not there either. Um so no, But in all seriousness, the Giants have kept the ball uh, very well protected. Their turnovers have been cut down to as bare minimum as they can. Uh, if we see the same performance as they had against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, without a doubt, the cover is very, very live. Uh, and with that, if this ends up becoming a field goal game, uh, the Giants, yes, they can move on to the next round for the NFC Championship.
0: I just keep referring to the 2011 team that should had no business even being in the playoffs and then we we make it to the Super Bowl. I know this isn't the same defense. I know that there, there's no OC Umanura. There is no Jason Bier Paul. There there is no Antonio Pierce on on our team. But you've seen improvement over the past few weeks, especially in the secondary. Getting Adoree Jackson back from injury was huge. He hadn't played since when we played Detroit in mid-November. Also, getting Xavier McKinney back for the playoffs has been pretty huge. Robert, they, they pretty much contained Justin Jefferson last week. That's no small feat. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in this game. If they could do the same thing with A.J. Brown this week, there's no reason to think that they can't possibly pull off up the upset. Now, for them to be successful, though, they need they need to get the ball first and they need to score first, Robert, because there's they can't play from behind in this game. It's not like when the Vikings took the 7-0 lead and the Giants were able to score. I want to see the Giants score first. I want them to make a statement in this one. If they make a statement and they keep Jalen Hurts off the field, and they run the ball with Saquon. They use Daniel Jones's legs. They elongate drives, take a lot of time on, off the clock. This is a game I really think that we could win. Also of note, Lane Johnson. Robert, what is his status as of now for the game?
1: Great, yeah, I was just poring over the injury report that just came out for the Eagles. And the first one that I just circled that I saw most recent for the Eagles is uh, the still questionable status of defensive end Josh Sweat but uh yeah from from that perspective lane johnson definitely questionable with his ankle sprain um so the both of them right now um still questionable and to me if i see questionable that means that they're not going to be there for every snap if they play at all
0: And those are two huge losses even if they're limited in the game Lane Johnson, in particular, he's the best right tackle in the game. I don't think you can argue argue with that. If he's not there to block Jalen, hurt the block for Jalen Hurts, that's a big weapon to take away from him because people, people, I don't know if they understand how the the Eagles' offensive line is the best in the game, and Lane Johnson is the best of the best. You take away his presence, that that is huge. If I'm if I'm correct, Robert, they're also going to be uh, without Avante Maddox for this game, which is a big loss in their secondary. Right. I, I just think that it's 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 kind of a, it's kind of an inverse of when they played the first time, when the Giants were all banged up. Now it seems like the Eagles all, are are all banged up. But I want to get your opinion. What do the Giants? In, what's their game plan both on offense and defense that they need to do to upset the Eagles?
1: They definitely need to do. One very important thing um, from the defensive side of the ball and then two items that I made note offensively. So defensively, you have to have outside containment mm-hmm. of Dylan Hurts. So if you bottle him up, keep him inside the pocket and let him beat you with his arm, that would definitely lead towards a lower score for the Eagles because the moment you allow Hurts to go and, and move out of the pocket, that's when everything starts to collapse. The more time he has outside of the pocket to create that's where the giants could get exposed and i'm hoping that that's that's something that we don't see much of at all uh and by the way we we haven't really even seen Hertz really play meaningful football in about a month or so right so i don't know what we're going to see of him you would think that with all this time off that he is 100 percent uh so even more so that that's the number one factor in in getting the upset outside containment of Jalen Hurts. Number two, stay with the formula that got you here. And that's just a really good steady dose of Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, in, you know, in between the tackles, and then on as much play action as you can do, uh, you know, and obviously just have, it, it may honestly, it may seem boring. It may seem like 1950s football, but, let just Daniel Jones just do his thing. If he doesn't see a, an open wide receiver go, you know, scramble and pick up the seven, eight yards or more, uh, like we saw in the Vikings game, Ellie.
0: Yeah, that, that's perfectly said. I also want to point out, because I, I've been hearing a lot of, well, the Giants are are overrated, the Vikings were overrated, they really haven't beat anyone a note. Wrong. If you look at the Eagles schedule, who, who of note did they beat that the Giants haven't? They both both the Giants and the Eagles beat the Vikings, both the Giants and the Eagles beat the Jaguars. And I'm just talking about playoff teams right now. Yes, the Eagles beat the Cowboys once and the Giants did not beat the Cowboys. But caveat, Cooper Rush started the game that the Eagles beat them in. And then other than that, Robert, who has the Eagles beaten? That's a playoff team. In fact, you can argue that the Giants have been a little have had a a tougher schedule because they beat the Ravens, who are also a playoff team. I am not understanding this this lack of respect for my team. If you are going to do a lack of respect for my team based on their schedule, then you got to do it against the Eagles because they haven't really been tested all season. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. If if you look at strength of schedule, um, it's. It's true. I mean, you, you got to kind of take a look and see what they've done and, and how they've, you know, it, it's it's going to obviously play into next week's next week, next year's schedule as well. So they, they're probably going to have to figure out how they perform this year versus everyone else's rankings. Um, if, if you do some quick analysis on what they've done, there is literally, I, I know this is, it's incredible that you point this out the Giants and Eagles both were blessed with pretty easy schedules, right? Right, And so don't go and just say that the Eagles did, you know, really, really great uh, things because they didn't really play much of anything. And, and for that matter, so did the Giants, right? But both of them did end up having very easy schedules and they did what they had to do. They, they beat them, they won. You know, the Eagles obviously with their depth they ended up, you know, having a far more successful season than the Giants. But both teams definitely had a easy, easy strength of schedule in 2022. So don't go and, and just visualize the Eagles as, you know, the, the greatest NFL team of all time.
0: Yeah, uh, that that and that's all I want is to, to have fair on both sides. Don't just say, just say the Giants are overrated because they had an easy schedule without saying the Eagles have as well. I know we could talk about this all day, so we'll put it on record that Robert and I both like our New York Giants to cover. I'm going to call the upset. Let's get a take on the total, Robert. It's 40 about 48. I'm going to lean under on this one. If the Giants play how I want them to play, I think it's going to be low scoring because they're going to to contain Jalen Hurts. There's going to be a lot of time taken off the clock with long drives. So I'm going to lean under on this one. How about you?
1: Yeah. So if, if we see what we predict is true with the Giants, I, I have to say that they're going to have to crack the 20 and a half points uh, that most places are posting them with their total points. They'll probably need to be around 23 and a half. If they crack 24, Ali, I think that's the ma- that's the magic number. The Giants crack 24 points, they win this game. That's
0: yeah,
1: it. 100% Eagles exactly. uh, around 27 and a half. So again, If they could limit them to three touchdowns or less, three touchdowns and a field goal, they have a very live chance of winning this game.
0: And they need to win the turnover battle, Robert. If they can force Jalen Hurts to throw an interception or recover a fumble, that's going to turn the game around in their favor. So the defense has to be aggressive. They have to make turnovers. All right, let's move on to the Sunday games. The Bills and the Bengals are the first ones to kick off. Robert, there's a lot of questions surrounding the Bengals. Three offensive, there's a possibility three offensive linemen could miss that game. The Bills, they had a tough one against the Dolphins last week. But there's – there's well, I'll wait till I get to analysis. But there's some kind of concession that they might rebound this week. What are we looking at for the spread here?
1: This one was uh... – really strange i I didn't expect the line to move in this direction this quickly uh so initially the bills opened four and a half uh went down to four stayed there for a bit and now there's been a heavy push starting uh yesterday afternoon on buffalo again from five to five and a half and i've just seen the first nevada book go to six not us, uh, but Buffalo, mostly five and a half, the total 48 and a half.
0: And I've talked to so many people who are 100% on the Bengals and have been telling me, yeah, you might be right with your Bengals pick. Well, listen, everyone, my picks can change based on injuries and based on matchups. I've loved the Bengals all year. You've heard me say it. They're my AFC pick to go to the Super Bowl. I said it last week. I said it the week before. I've said it all season. I love the Bills in this game. I do. I I I love the Bills. I think that the Bills will bounce back from their poor showing last week against Miami. I don't think that you're gonna see the turnovers. But most importantly, if Joe Burrow is missing three of his offensive linemen, including Alex Kappa, who I believe is off to a Rocky Star practicing this week, and I think Lael Collins is gonna be out. I, I don't see how they win this game. I, I really don't. Joe, if Joe Burrow doesn't get the protection and he has a habit of staying in the pocket way too much, I think that the Bills, their front seven, they're going to be all in on him. They're going to be blitzing. It's going to cost them maybe a turnover or two for Joe Burrow. I, it's a high number, but for me, the public being all over the Bengals is just making me a little more confident. I am 100. This is actually my favorite pick of the week, the one I'm most confident with. I'm taking the bills to cover the points. How about you, Robert?
1: (laughs) I want to just point something out to our audience. This is the first time in in our episodes together that I've seen you go not against the Bengals, but vehemently against the Bengals. And for (laughs) all of the right reasons. You're, You're absolutely right. As we take a deeper look into the injury report, Kappa is definitely questionable very late in the week already with his ankle. That doesn't just bounce back. That's that's an injury that sticks with you for a while. So his performance might be very limited if he does play. Uh, tackle Jonah Williams is doubtful to play now on Sunday. Uh, he has a knee injury. And you mentioned Lael Collins. He is out. He is on the IR. He is definitely done. He was done, you know, previous to even last week. So they have, they have, Big problems on the lines. And that's definitely going to play into this because, like you said, uh Burrow, not a uh a quarterback that's typically mobile. He he needs his time in the pocket to get through the the, the repetition of, of finding who's the right target for that snap. Looks like trouble. Um, and so that probably plays into why we've seen this line movement coming on Buffalo so early uh, to the point where it's it's getting near, uh, you know, two field goals, touchdown favorite. I would probably lean right now towards Bengals. If, again, so if, if we're just dealing with the number that we see in front of us, plus five and a half, it's that gray area, again, just from a bookmaker's perspective for me, even with the, uh, I guess we could probably talk about Brett Mayer a little bit later in the the next game. Uh, But with, you know, with with field goals really not being uh, as much of a factor, extra points are being uh, eschewed for two-point conversions, five-and-a-half, five, four-and-a-half, kind of all the same number. Uh, I will say that if this number does get to six, I am pushing both hands all in on the Bengals. Uh, but at five and a half, um, I'm I'm almost not interested. So if if I was going to make any kind of a selection, it would be uh, a half-hearted you know push towards the Bengals. But I, you're right. Um, I just don't see Burrow having enough time in the pocket to have a successful offensive game plan for this game against the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, and I actually locked in my bet at minus five yesterday because I saw that spread was rising and I had a feeling it was gonna going to keep going up. So I got it in that five, I, I, even if it gets a six, Robert, I'm going to have to side with Buffalo. And you know, me, I love Joe Burrow. I love the Cincinnati Bengals, but I think, I think if this was in Cincinnati, it would be a little different. I might have a different opinion, but being in Buffalo, I just think that they're going to have the crowd behind them. It's going to be an emotional game. We all know what happened on that Monday night, the last two times these two teams faced each other. I think that somehow that plays into it. Who knows? Maybe we see DeMar Hamlin. I know he's been with the bills at their facility, but I think that they'll have all the motivation in this game. They're not going to be sloppy. Like they were against Miami. They can't be uh, sloppy. Like they were against Miami. And to be honest, I don't think they took Miami seriously. I don't think they took Skylar Thompson seriously. I think they got their bad game out of the way. I think they come back and just explode this is the Bills game for me and I'm also going to lean with the under on this one because if 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 it plays out how I think I don't see the Cincinnati scoring a ton. What do you think about the total?
1: Okay, great point there. You're right. Um I've got got the Bengals around 21-23 uh and the Bills should be it should be 25-26, maybe 27. Right. So if, if that's the case, yeah, I, I probably am looking more again if, if again, if he doesn't have time, he's not gonna have the ability to, you know, crack twenty-one points borrow that is. Uh, then I might my, my lean would be under as well, Allie.
0: Yeah, I I I think the under is the way to go. And Robert, I'm curious at Baldini's, what what is what is the betting going on? Are more people siding with the Bengals right now or the Bills?
1: Okay, great. So Early on, I sometimes you have to make a position early just off of ticket count because that's going to let me know in, in how the bell curve is going to swing. And so, when I saw I was at a 10 to 1 deficit on Buffalo Bills tickets, that's when I knew that the four was definitely going to move up. So, I was one of the first to go to five and a half within the money line. Being adjusted of course. So, so, most of the most cases you could see right now, Buffalo opened up as a minus 210 favorite and plus 180 on Cincinnati. So, I swung heavily with Buffalo up to 240 and plus 200. What that basically had was so, even though we had the ticket count on the spread on the Bills, uh, once I was the first to get to two to one odds on the Bengals, uh, I got some significant pops on the Bengals money line. And so, uh, from a bookmaker's perspective, if the Bills win, don't cover, uh, we, we take down the entire pot. Well, uh, as it is now, uh, most books now have reached past 240; they're up to 250, uh, some 255s. Uh, so, in, in reality, you know the advantage, so to say, on the two-to-one play on the Bengals, it's 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 gone now because now most most places have the Bengals at plus 210. So, uh, Baldini's right now even though with a high ticket count on the Bills uh, at five and a half, uh, offset with the Bengals' money line play. So obviously, from a bookmaker's perspective, uh, if the Bills win and no cover, you could see every ticket vanishes.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see. You usually see just heavy on one side or the other. Not Oh, the underdogs' money line and the favorites' cover. That's an interesting... uh, interesting thing i, I really you know what i wouldn't be upset if the bangles cover or if they win because i do like the bangles i like watching them. it's just i i try to separate it's hard with the giants but that's why i would never bet on my team but i try to separate my heart from it and i'm just looking at the numbers and i don't see joe burrow being successful without those guys i really don't now there's a chance that if if everything goes well the next two days if they say Williams and Kappa are playing, then I'll hedge my bet and I'll take I'll take the the Bengals because I do think that they would actually cover. But but from now I'm gonna go with the notion that we're not gonna see Williams and we're not gonna see Kappa. So I'm gonna settle with Buffalo minus five and a half. And if it gets to six, I will even go minus six. What are your right. your final picks, Robert? Ali, yeah, So I.
1: I'll take the points with the Bengals. Uh, I'll I'll go under as well. I mean, look, they they've won nine sure, and I I don't want to you know lay into recency bias too heavily, but man, they just look really really lost and confused in the first half against Baltimore. It just didn't look like the same Bengals team from the previous month. But they got the win, right? <laughs> they've won nine straight games, uh, and they're seven and two on the road against the spread. I, I just feel that even with everything that they have they had a very very tough schedule as well one of the tougher right. schedules in all of the NFL um I'll I'll go and and yeah let, let's put it on the record plus five and a half and under
0: all right well another one we disagree on so we'll see we have plenty to talk about on Monday all right let's go to the final game the Cowboys I know that I was. I was kicking myself that I actually believed in Tom Brady on Monday night because that showing was one of the worst showings I think you could have ever seen. I didn't think that the Cowboys looked particularly impressive, even though they blew him out because I thought thought the Bucs looked that bad. But I'll get to more of that in a second. Cowboys traveling to the Bay Area to take on San Francisco, who had an easy win against Seattle last week. Robert, what is the spread here?
1: Most books, most opened up. San Francisco as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, and then moved up to four today. Uh, Total 45, uh, some 45-and-a-half. There's 146 already. Yeah, it's actually a a couple 46s, Ali. Here at Baldini's, again, uh, Reno, really close to the Bay Area. I didn't even mess around. I went straight to four, uh, and it's been uh, a, a nice heavy downpour on San Francisco all week long.
0: This was the game I struggled the most, picking a side. My first instinct when I saw the spread, because it, it opened three and a half, like you said, was San Francisco's going to win this game easily. Then I I didn't have a great feeling afterwards. And I thought more about it. I'm like, mm, three and a half, four points. Is Vegas trying to tell me something? Where's the public going? And then I kind of leaned to the Cowboys. Then I thought even more, and I said, I saw that game Monday. I saw how bad Tampa Bay played. I'm not going to give the Cowboys the credit that every other talking head is going to give them. I'm sticking with the 49ers. I said it last week. They've been a covering machine since Brock Purdy took over. The Cowboys, I feel like, are just one of the most inconsistent teams. They blow out the Vikings, and then they nearly lose to the Texans the following week. I think that this is a game... Let's also let's also remember that the 49ers are going to have two more days of rest than the Cowboys. I think that the Niners easily win this game. How about you, Robert?
1: I, uh, I can't agree with you harder here. Uh, ever since acquiring Christian McCaffrey, this this 49ers team has just been walking on the clouds. They're 14. I mean, look, they're, they're 14 and four on the year. Twelve and six against the spread. More importantly, at home, nine and one straight up, eight and two against the spread. They've won eleven straight. Four games have gone over the total. They're they're averaging thirty a game, right? If, if you're not going to score thirty, you will lose. Yeah. Not forget who they're playing. You can pretty much bank on it right now. If I had to go ahead and set a total on a total number of interceptions thrown by Dak Prescott and I put it as a half, tell me who's going to go under that total. Yeah. Yep. So I I will agree with you here. Uh, at And again, to me, the four, four and a half, five, five and a half, same number. Uh, for it to only be at four does not make sense at all. Uh, this is an incorrect number. I have already adjusted the money line. Significantly higher than anyone else in the market. I'm actually the highest money line priced on the Niners. So, in, in the inverse, you can't get a higher price anywhere on the Dallas Cowboys in Nevada other than right here at Baldini's.
0: Well, now you did a bunch of people are booking their flights to. Uh, <laughs> so, if you Canada want the Dallas, Dallas
1: Cowboys to win, <laughs> to win this, field. you want to bet it here at Baldini's.
0: Yeah, Robert, listen. I I don't think people understand how bad the Bucs are. I'm going to say it again. They had no business being in the playoffs. I I think Carolina would have put on a better showing. Heck, I think that the Saints would have put on a better showing against the Cowboys than the Bucs did. Tom Brady, if he doesn't retire... This offseason, I don't I won't I will refuse to watch any game that he plays in with any team last year. I don't know how you could sign him after watching that performance. He rushed passes, even though he still had plenty of time. It, it looked like Chris Godwin and and Mike Evans mailed in the game. The defense, I don't even know what was the defense. And you had the, the Cowboys kicker. M- Mayor who missed four extra points and you still couldn't capitalize on this. Th- this was not a good showing by the Bucks. I think that th- I think that the public is reacting way too much to the Cowboys beating a bad Bucs squad. You want to talk about o- overreactions. This is one of the biggest overreactions of the week but the niners have just blown through their competition. It might have not been the most sex, the sexiest competition, but you, you look at some of the other people they beat the commanders, they still they destroyed the commanders defense and the commanders have a very good defense. They destroyed some other they even destroyed the Bucs' defense. They put up what? 40 points on the bucks. This is to me is a no-brainer. I think Dak Prescott throws two interceptions minimum. I wouldn't be surprised if he throws three. The Cowboys have not played a team with a defense as good as the 49ers. I don't think all season. This to me, I think that the 49ers win by double digits. I know I said that the Bills are my favorite pick of the week. This is probably the 1A to the 1 on this one. I'm all over the Niners.
1: I'm going to go completely step in step with you here. There's not really much that... Any team in this league, uh, and and I guess this will probably lean into more towards my my championship selection, and if you want to go ahead and light that fuse, we can do that right now. There's there's no one that's more loaded than the Niners. Uh, Purdy has proven that he can run this offense as adeptly as anyone in a Niners uniform. There's just, there's A a list of players that just can't be stopped from top to bottom. Can't stop McCaffrey. You could line him up anywhere. Can't stop Ayuk. You could line him up anywhere. Can't stop Debo Samuel. You could line him up anywhere. There's, oh, oh, by the way, Kittle, you want to line him up at fullback? Go ahead, line him up at fullback. Wide receiver, line him up there. Tight end, line him up there. It's who do you double? Who do you double? Who do you leave on single coverage? So, if this one, this one has the Niners in a win and a cover. Um, and, and that's uh, as emphatic as I can get <laughs> on any podcast. This uh, this team is destined to win the championship with a seventh round pick at quarterback.
0: Yep. Lock that one in right there. I also like the over in the total because I do think the Niners are going to get well into 30 points. Dallas probably somewhere in the the low 20s, maybe a, like a last minute uh, score. What do you think about the total, Robert?
1: The total, um, so I've got San Francisco up in the 30s, probably 34 to 37. Um, don't see the Cowboys cracking it, uh, but it's you know, with a total set at 46, uh, I, I think the Cowboys can get to 20, 20 some odd points. This one definitely goes over the
0: total for me. All right, well, those are our predictions for this week. Hope you guys enjoy them. And since we still have some time, let's do our favorite buy or sell segment, Divisional <laughs> Round. That's
1: Are you great. ready, Robert?
0: Yes. <laughs> all right. First one, buy or sell. Josh Allen will lead all quarterbacks in passing yards this weekend.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, cool. Um. No. No, no, no. You gave me one, two, uh, you gave me seven others. No, I will sell. I will sell. I will take the inverse of that because – Uh, Just pure mathematics on this one. I I love this question, but uh, I will take the field uh, with this choice. So I shall sell. Great question.
0: I'm going to buy this one because I I think that the Bills, like I said, I think that they're going to be one of the highest scoring teams this week. I think this is a very emotional game. I think they're shaking off their bad game against Miami. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll buy Josh Allen has more passing yards than any other quarterback this weekend.
1: Excellent.
0: All right. Next one, Robert, buy or sell Dak Prescott will p- get picked off more than once against the 40. <laughs> we just touched on this like three minutes ago. Awesome.
1: Yes. Uh, I will buy this. I will buy it. Uh, a matter of fact, I should just put this prop up right now and just have the public decide. I'm just going to put up a prop, just that one prop. Everyone's going to say, Hey, you got any player props? I'm like, yeah, Dak Prescott, total number of interceptions go bet it. <laughs> i will buy it uh i think that he gets picked off more than once
0: yep i will take the over on that one all right next one robert or yourself the chiefs will run a ridiculous formation on one of their plays that will go viral
1: <laughs> why not just for chaos and i'm so addicted to chaos yeah i'm buying that as well i don't think we'll ever see the legendary ring around the rosy play uh but we'll, we'll see some kind of chicanery happening out of kansas city
0: I mean, Andy Reid's had two weeks to prepare for this. There's some craziness going on, so 100% buying that one, too. All right, next one, Robert. Buy or sell? Daniel Jones will have more rushing and passing yards than Jalen Hurts this weekend. This is
1: great. Okay. uh, What a great question. You're asking me if, basically, if the Giants or Eagles win or lose here. I think it comes out to these two quarterbacks. Ah, Hart says, yes, I'll buy it.
0: I'm going to buy too. I definitely think he'll get more rushing yards, and I think he'll get more passing yards. I This doesn't have to do just with bias. I think that the Giants are, like I said, I think they're going to make some long drives. I think he's going to have more passing opportunities than Jalen Hurts, more opportunities to run. So I am buying this one, too. All right, final one, Robert. Before we wrap up, buy or sell? Brock Purdy will be playing in the Super Bowl next month. <laughs> yes,
1: he did it again. That I'm buying. Yes, it. I'm doing it. Yes, I've made my decision. Niners in the.
0: All uh-huh. right. Well, we both agree. Bye, bye, bye. I, I think I bought pretty much all of them. <laughs> so, so I hope I'm, I hope I'm at least a three, uh two for three or three for uh, I should say four for five this week, something like that. Hope right. I get some of them. All right. Well, everyone, that is our episode for today. Robert and I will be back next week and recap all the craziness that I expect to go on this week. Before we head out, Robert, any last words or thoughts for the audience? Oh, much so I look, I'm,
1: you know, without really recapping much of what we just said, you know, if, if you've got the play and you, you're looking at these games, you obviously want to go and kind of run the game backwards, right? Just it's how I make a game and how I book a game, go and look at your past performance, figure out what the final score of each club will kind of be within the range. And it'll kind of give you a a good lean as to whether or not you think the point spread is in play. And that kind of circles around everything. If you've got a team that's going to probably be close to the other in terms of how much they're going to score from a team total perspective, well, that's going to spell out not only your point spread, but your total. And obviously, if you find that your team is going to be very close, you might want to even consider them on the money line. That's how I make my games without even looking up at a board and, you know, just come from there and then just let the public decide that's kind of how you do price discovery everybody
0: i couldn't have said it better myself thanks robert for sharing that with everyone all right everyone well my last word of advice whatever is your best bet of the week just go all out on it just have your confidence ready i this is one of the few weeks i don't parlay teams i think that i like to just bet each each team singular so whatever is your strategy i hope it works for you Take care, all.